This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome everybody. It is the Wednesday edition already of Talkback, brought to you this morning by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery, where they have authentic New York bagels and pastries flown in all the way from Little Italy in New York City. You can find them right here in Missoula at Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery out on North Reserve. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. If you've got a, a home or a business that needs cleaning, no job is too big or small. So give them a call today. Get a free estimate at 406-260-6617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Well, here it is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the show that never ends. No, I'm sorry, it's wrong, wrong script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick Christensen is right over there waiting to take your phone calls and yes. producing talk back every day expertly get them coming in there he is right there and yeah. uh he's not wearing his new york giants jersey today oh yeah, yeah. i said i only wear it on victory mondays okay so i'll okay. wear it on monday okay just wait okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right this is walt Kiro, ladies and gentlemen how you doing partner i'm doing wonderful i gotta ask a question it's very pleasant in here it's usually hot and stuffy and you know now you jinxed it, Walt. Ah, it's going to well, get hot and stuffy here. Somebody did something, but it's yeah. quite pleasant in don't, here. Sh- don't, don't say that so loud. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty hot in here yesterday, weirdly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But oh. it feels good now. You're right. Well, it was hot in here yesterday because we were talking politics for 90 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was definitely an excess of hot air. Yeah. Uh, from <laughs> Basically from all directions, left and right. But anyway, uh, good to have you here, sir. Great to be here. You bet. I love your, sh- your shirt, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, well. Well, at noon, I'm going to go to the uh, uh, university and give blood. I, I've been given blood for years and years and years and years. And uh, what happens if you go back and you want it back? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't do that. Okay, well, just... <laughs> and and uh, in the past few years, they knew now have a uh, a, a super donor. You know, they have a new system mm-hmm. that you can take, uh, that you can give blood. It goes into a centrifuge, spins around, then they give you back part of what they took out. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's very sophisticated, uh, but it's a, a better way of giving. Well, good for you. I, I, I really, I'm saying he has, he has, it looks like a, a U.S. Army shirt that says yeah. donor, American Red Cross. Oh, yes. Look at the back. The back good things right. happen when you give. All right. <laughs> yes, that's right. The one and only Walt Carroll. Yeah, we give gentlemen. blood. And and at work we give sweat and tears. So <laughs> no, sweat and tears are for your customers when yeah. they come in to get their taxes done. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, of course, the government gets the blood. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so let's talk about. Uh, I I got my my packet. Of, yes. In in the spirit of full disclosure, Walt does my taxes. Yes. And it's not a trade. I pay him mm-hmm. to do my taxes, and uh, so I, every year I get this packet. Full of stuff. Right. So yeah. what, what, is, what is in the packet? Okay, in the packet, we call it an organizer, and most tax preparation firms of various sorts use something of that nature. Uh, we have a laundry list of questions that are all related to some law compliance issue, right? such as, uh, did you buy, sell, or exchange uh, uh, virtual currency? And here's a change. Now it's just a virtual asset. 
It's a change for this year because now they have a, a huge market out there for what they call NFTs, non-fungible tokens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are a big deal. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a big deal big because money. what they are just images for the most part and they're like artwork and you buy sell and exchange those like what they're mostly a lot of them are tied in with sports like lebron james making this massive dunk okay cool Uh, but there's there's a market for those images and they're called non-fungible tokens and uh, i have some clients that mess with that and it's it just you know that's one of the compliance questions that are on in our organizer. Okay, but the, right. the nice thing about the organizer for uh, clients like yourself is it's a checklist. So like on your business schedule where you make those billions of dollars. <laughs> Sorry, you, I have, have to laugh. You have expenses that are from the prior year's return. Right. And those numbers are on the right-hand side. And there's another column a little more towards the center, uh, and and those numbers on the right-hand side are from the prior year, and those become like a checklist. Right. And so if you had office supplies of X dollars uh, last year and you come up with Y dollars, you, you're you instantly motivated to say, well, they went up. Mm-hmm. Okay, that right. makes sense. Or why did they go up? That doesn't make sense. So you uh, – you use that as a checklist and has a a way of uh, of feeling that hey you're putting the right information. I, I did look at that checklist and uh, on the last year when I when I paid for the dancing girls. I'm not yeah. not doing that. I didn't do that this oh, year. Oh, you so. didn't do that. Okay, <laughs> so, I so I won't I won't be deducting that from my taxes. <laughs> my wife's going what? <laughs> So don't worry, somebody will call her and tell her. Oh, yeah. But anyway, no, seriously, uh, but but it's really great because it gives you a touchstone on on what to do uh, with this year's taxes. So anything to reduce confusion and, and to heighten organization is very important. Sure, sure. And, it, you know, just like, oh, I had two W-2s last year. I only have one this year. Well, is that does that make sense? Well, maybe. Maybe because somebody, and we've had client or callers call in and say, well, I used to be on a W-2, but now I'm a 1099. That quite happens uh, quite often in the trucking industry, but it can happen anywhere. You bet. Well, so, with, with that, we're, we're up, at, up against our first break already. So, sounds uh, good. Phone lines are open, ladies and gentlemen, as entertaining as it is to hear us go back and <laughs> forth and yak about this. We, we want your questions. This is why Walt is here. He's here to answer your questions about taxes, uh, and any general tax question is uh, good, whether it's federal, whether it's state, whether it's out of state, whatever, maybe maybe from a foreign country, whatever. Uh, this is the time to get that question answered. The number is 721-1290, and we will be back with more of Talk Back right after this. Hey, bro. Uh... How is your job to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.
Hello. <laughs> There's the sound of silence, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are back. Uh, Walt Kiro joining us here in the studio uh, from Kiro Byington and Associates. Phone lines are open if you have a tax question. This is the time. But you did bring a stack of stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and I've been extremely busy. Yeah. And, it, I, you know, I'm thankful for that. But isn't today the 18th? It is, yes, sir. January 18th. And it's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. On the 23rd, which is probably next uh, Monday. Does that sound right? I believe so. 23rd. Yep. The IRS will officially begin taking returns in. So really? the horse race begins All on right. Monday. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm sure Montana's not quite ready yet because uh, I haven't heard anything from the state of Montana, but. For all of those out there that, you know, have a refund coming, uh, it's just information for you to, to know. So uh, we'll see how this year goes. I know the IRS is trying to get better, but they have a huge uh, now, deficit how, to work from. How, how, are the, how are they doing with this 87,000 employee thing? Have, have they even started that yet or has it been cleared by Congress yet or what? Well, it's been cleared by Congress because uh, uh, Mr. Biden, President Biden, signed the bill to authorize that. Right. It was in part of the Inflation Reduction Act, IRA. Okay. But that is... 87,000 is spread out over 10 years. All right. So it's 8,700 a year. And every year they have a certain amount of people that retire or quit or otherwise just leave. And uh, so I don't know if there will be a full 87,000 going in. But the problem was, at least when they did their budget, they didn't authorize as much of that $88 billion for uh, taxpayer service, they did some, but not nearly enough. And they 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 focused more of their uh, uh, money on those eighty seven thousand new agents on audits and collections. So, you know, uh, did the IRS need the money? I think, in, to some extent, they did. But uh, the the direction where the money is going is. Uh, Suspect. You bet. All right. Now, I, I had a question in, in lieu of calls. By the way, the phone lines are open in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Walt Kiro is here to answer your tax questions. Um, there is a huge fight coming over the debt ceiling. Yeah. Okay. And uh, right now, I believe I believe on Thursday, tomorrow is the day we actually reach the debt ceiling. We're not allowed to borrow anymore. And the Congress is going to have to give its permission to raise the debt ceiling so that we can keep the government running and Social Security and Medicare and all those things that need to be paid for. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to raise the debt ceiling. Yeah. So uh, as far as our tax situation here, uh, does that have any impact on on what we'll be doing as we uh, be, prepare our taxes? Not not really. It, that doesn't have much impact there. Where, where it does have impact is on... Uh, uh, the public's perception of the creditworthiness of the government, which is always a question, because that ends up being reflected in the interest rate the government pays for the money it borrows. But it also emphasizes the point that government spending is out of control because you, we would never operate our household. <laughs> The way they run their affairs. Well, I, I don't think I have a $39 trillion uh, deficit going into this year. 
Yeah, and, and you know that's always I don't know about a good Nick, but I, I <laughs> Nick, Nick, you got a big, you no. got a big uh, sugar daddy out there. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyway, the whole point is we don't have a sugar daddy either. We just got people that uh, have have uh, rigged the system so to allow for all this money to be borrowed. And you got the Federal Reserve; they're in on it. Congress is in on it. And I, I the only way to describe it is is there's there's no accountability because nobody gets in trouble if they overspend. Well, if you and I overspend, we're right, in trouble right. right away. Now, my, my first question is for, for folks who are living on fixed income, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, is that one place where they'll, they'll say, well, there, there, there's an easy target. We can reduce those or stop the gains or whatever uh, because, uh, because of inflation, Social Security went up about like 8%, right? Yes. Uh, so uh, are they going to – any idea what they're going to do about that? I don't know what they're going to do about it. In the past, uh, Social Security was a, a, a sacred cow. Absolutely. And and because it was uh, self-funded to a certain extent. In other words, you and I have been putting money in there for years and years. And so uh, because there's a, a, you know that funding mechanism that's in there, it would be hard to take that away. Now, as much as certain politicians want to limit that to the quote-unquote wealthy, the wealthy have paid into it. And they paid in uh, a lot of money, more so than people that didn't make as much money. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But the way the governments usually deal with huge deficits is just to print more money. And therefore, they can pay those bills off with cheaper dollars. Of course, it's cheap to them because they don't pay for them. They just print them. And it's a point of problem when you print too much of that that they become worthless. Okay, let's uh, let's get to the phones. Uh, Dave is waiting. Dave, good morning. You're on with Walt Carroll. Good morning. Hello, Dave. Yes, yes. Good morning. As far as raising the debt ceiling, that money has already been spent, so we have to do it. But uh, but as far as the budget and deficits, you know, I'm a deficit hawk. But you know, to me, the answer go back in history. Look at what George H. Bush did. He he raised taxes and limited government spending. And between him and Bill Clinton, together they balanced the budget. And then George W. Bush came along and, and started the, the bust again. So uh, if we're going to balance the budget, I think we should follow George H. Bush's plan. Raise taxes and limit government spending. And I realize, you know, raising taxes on the wealthy who pay, what, 89% of the taxes? Well, they make 90% of the money. So so let's tax them a little bit more, and let's balance the budget. All right, Dave, thanks for the call. Okay. Your, your, your thoughts, Mr. Wall? Oh, my thoughts are that uh, be careful what you wish for, because you may get it. And if you get it, it could be a a bigger problem down the road because what happens when you overtax people? Well, you kind of create like the black market effect. And some people, well, I, I've got some discussion in here about taxpayers moving from one state to another right. partially because of taxes. So taxes, if they're too high, will cause people to change their behavior. Tax migration. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the U.S., the U.S. tax, well, what are you going to do? Uh, well, the whole point is, is you got to, you know, 
you got to deal and uh, arrange your affairs to pay the least amount of taxes. And that's what everybody should do, not just the poor or the middle income or the rich. You should all do it. With that, we're up against a break. Harry is waiting. Harry, if you don't mind, uh, Harry and JR are both waiting to visit with you. Okay. Walt Carroll, our guest here in the studio, as he is every two weeks or so, uh, to talk about taxes and your taxes specifically. That number is 721-1290. We'll be back. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veterans guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. On Wednesday's Montana Morning, Speaker of the House, Matt Regeer, on tax relief. This week, uh, we're talking tax relief. That's first up on the agenda here for the House. We've got uh, a debt-free bill. We're looking to drop the income tax rates. We're looking to exempt small businesses from the business equipment tax. We've got property tax refunds. We've got income tax refunds. So it's kind of tax relief here a couple weeks. Uh, in the Montana House. Montana Morning, weekdays 6 to 8.30 on KGVO AM and FM and the KGVO app. Okay, we're back on Talk Back, and let's try to get as many calls in as we can. Uh, Harry is waiting the longest. Harry, good morning. Thanks for holding. Go ahead, sir. Hi, yeah, Harry. good morning. A couple things. The uh, first thing is uh, that uh, the 87000 is that actually written in the bill? That's how much they're going to hire or, hire, or is that just, you know, uh, you know, just just a talking point. It's yeah, authorized. Point. It was part of the. It was included in the budget. But I mean, for that number the, for that, the IRS. Does it actually say? Does it actually say we're going to hire eighty-seven thousand guys? Is that? Because I heard that it wasn't really. That number does not exist in the bill at all. That's just been suppo- or superimposed on it because they. That, that how much money they're getting? That's how much they figure they would hire. Uh, that's what they budgeted for. So. You know, uh, a budget is just a guideline. So whether they actually do that or not. But uh, but to your point, I kind of think that I don't think there's 87,000 people out there that (laughs) are are, are qualified to do that. And even if they find those 87,000, it's going to be two, three, four, five years before they have experience in what they're doing. Yeah. But anyway, that was just first thing. Uh, The second is that... uh, I heard people talk about well, printing money makes the money worth less. But uh, long as there, people want the money, it's not going to lose its value. It, it's if we renege on our uh, debt, which is what they you know by saying not raising the debt limit, then that's what's going to uh, make uh, possibly devalue the dollar. Because then all of a sudden they go say, hey, our, maybe the United States. Uh, uh, value isn't as valuable as we wanted. So they, uh, as long as people keep. Uh, other countries and in, in, in this country keep wanting the dollar. It's not the, the dollar doesn't get devalued. It's it's not like Beanie Babies where or any, it's it's, so, it's a unique uh, thing there where as long as people want it, it's going to be have value. 
Well, Harry, after like World said. War One, there was such hyperinflation in Germany, it took yeah, a wheelbarrow the, full of marks to buy a loaf of bread. And yeah, but currently, the World War. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's a, that's a not a that's a completely different uh, thing. They just lost the World War, and they were not the top world uh, uh, economy. They were bottom of the economy. So I mean, uh, you know, that's that's apples and bananas. I mean, that's not comparing two things at all. Oh, okay. Well, let's bring it to the current. How much are you? Uh, how much are eggs in certain towns these days? Seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve bucks a dozen. Yeah. And, again. And that's caused because of a shortage. But if right. you're on fixed income, like Social Security, and if the price of something doubles, say like the uh, price of eggs, and you use eggs as part of your diet, that inflation has a a, a, a huge impact on your um, on oh, your yeah, lifestyle. Sure. But that has nothing to do with the number of dollars out there. That's the number of eggs. I mean, that's a completely, again, a different thing. I mean, well, like I say, it doesn't matter how much they print money as long as somebody keeps wanting the money. I mean, if it's like eggs. If there's a, if they were, you know, billion, or, you know they had more eggs than they could sell, but still, people still wanted them, the price of eggs would still stay high. I mean, or, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the demand, not so much the supply, I, I, from what I understand, for, especially for dollars, because the dollar is... Since we are the most valued monetary uh, currency in the world, it still ha has a lot of value. It's when, it, when they stop wanting it, that's when the value starts falling. Okay. Does right, that make sense? All right. Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> supply and demand, right? Oh, okay. We, we lost him. All right. So we have actually a minute and a half before we take our break. So let's get JR on. JR, good morning. What's your question, sir? Hello. Hi. Yeah, our national debts just hit $31.5 trillion, and I heard today that due to the increase in interest rates, the interest alone on that debt is going to be $1.62 trillion this year. $1.62 trillion in interest alone, which comes out to over $4,900 per man, woman, and child living in the United States on interest just this year. And I, you know... I, I don't know what we're going to do with this debt. I mean, it's crazy. Just the interest alone boggles your mind. That's a that's a good question. And th thanks for the call. We have one minute, Walt, oh, for, yeah. you, for you to address that. Well, so. uh, the whole thing about Harry's point, and and I don't know where the tipping point is, but has this has Jr. just mentioned? Where, where's it going to end? At some point, no matter even if we have the strongest economy in the world, if we don't have our fiscal affairs in order. It will reach a tipping point and it'll crash. The dollar will become worthless and the Chinese yuan will become the, uh, the currency of record and the, the exchange figure. That's coming. All right, we're going we're gonna to take, <laughs> on that pleasant note, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. If you have a tax question for our our, uh, our resident tax expert, uh, Walt Kira, give us a call, 721-1290. We'll be back after the top of the hour. Make I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I joined the Navy to serve my country while parachuting with Michael Toon. My parachute didn't open, and I broke my neck. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Learn more at pva.org. This is News Talk KGB. 
This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's News and Weather Station. Welcome back, everybody. It is hour number two of Talk Back, uh, brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial, where they offer residential and commercial cleaning. And by the way, they have a powerful steam extraction method to really, really help those uh, tired and dirty carpets come right back to life. Give them a call for a free estimate, that number 260-6617. It should happen to your phone right now. Also brought to you by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Authentic New York bagels and pastries, all the way from Little Italy can be found right here in Missoula, out on North Reserve at Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, we're back. It is uh, tax day. Oh, didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's Walt Kiro day is what I meant. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, Walt Kiro joining us uh, from the Kiro Byington uh, uh, tax firm, income tax firm. And he's here to answer your questions. 721 yeah. is our number and lines are open. But I understand Dave is back. Is that right? Let's get Dave back on. All right, Dave, you have another question or comment. Go ahead. Another comment. Well, first of all, there is a bird flu going on when it comes to eggs. But, right. but uh, Avian you and flu, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, you and I, worker people, pay 37% tax rate. Uh, if you if Capital gains pay 22%. And I, I, that's where a lot of rich people make their money, in my view. Thank you. Okay. Thanks sure. for the call. Yeah. And, and, and a long time ago, somebody decided to have a different uh, tax rate for capital gains. And the reason for that was, was to take the inflationary effect out of long-term capital gains. So if you own a house or a building or land and you, you hold it for a long time and you have a huge capital gain appreciation in that, uh, uh, it's been uh, the policy of the Congress and the United States government to treat that income differently than the uh, uh, ordinary income from a W-2 or retirement or whatever it happened to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always two ways of looking at that. Warren Warren Buffet, Mr. Buffett, <laughs> uh, uh, said, well, my secretary pays more rate than I do. And that's the point that, that Dave's making. Now, if you want to go down that road, uh, uh, we had that in place for a whole number of years, but... Uh, 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 economists and tax policy people decided to uh, put that change in place, I think, somewhere in the 90s, and we've had it ever since. So uh, there are some exceptions to that, like collectibles. Uh, the capital gains on a collectible, say like a coin collection or artwork or what stu- whatnot like that, is 28%. So there's some it's not all uh, steadfast that that's what gets uh, the special lower tax rate. But the uh, the 37% rate for ordinary income is on people that have income above $400,000 for a married couple. And I right. think it's two fifty for singles. So you have graduated rates up until you reach those higher incomes. Mm-hmm. So uh, for for a lot of people, uh, you so, know. Let's say somebody who makes a, maybe a couple who makes under $100,000 a year. Yeah, they're going to be paying 15%. In, in some cases, if they're single, they may be paying 22%. On a hundred thousand of of taxable because you have deductions by the time you get to taxable. Right. All right. Let us go to the phone and say good morning to Jeff. Jeff, good morning. You're on with Walt. Hi. Hi, Jeff. 
Hey, good morning. This isn't strictly speaking, not it's actually not a financial thing at all, but I just want to let you know that at this moment in the state legislature, um, SJ2, Article 5 Convention of States, is getting debated, and that Rick Santorum came and was the first proponent to speak in favor of Montana legislature um, voting to convene a convention of states. So I thought that's a pretty momentous thing going on right now, and that maybe the audience might want to hear that. That's very interesting. Yeah, is there a limitation on what the convention would be about? Yes, it limits it to three things. I'm going to do this by memory. Um, I think it's term limits, uh, spending, and something else. So it's limited to three areas. Um, but I've done a little bit of study on this. Uh, not a lot, but a little bit, uh, uh, thanks to uh, interest generated by our resident professor, Rob Nadelson. And... Uh, Legislatures have a check, an absolute check on anybody that they send to the convention state. So if Montana didn't like what was going on, Montana could recall its representatives to the convention, its commissioners, uh, and uh, that would be it. So um, there's a lot of folks out there who are um, scaremongering. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people in, in the Bitterroot uh really like Teresa Manzella. Um, I'm not going to comment on anything one way or the other, other than she's an opponent of the Convention of States, and she has on your show said that she's a member of the John Birch Society, and I don't know why she falls prey for their propaganda, which is, I think, what Rob Nadelson called it, propaganda. Um, but it is. It's not based in truth. It's based in fear. And... Uh, there are there are no dangers to doing this. There's a lot of danger to not doing it. I mean, what other recourse do we have? I, I think Jeff, yeah. one, one, the third thing you were you were searching for was a balanced budget amendment, and uh, That's it. Uh, a balanced budget amendment. Can can you imagine <laughs> the the if, if there was a constitutional amendment that required a balanced budget amendment, uh, uh, and we had to start. Like now, uh, what I, I wonder if there would be some sort of time period where they'd, they'd have a chance to work into that. But I, I'm just trying to decide how in the world that would work. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, uh, I sure hope we get a chance to find out. And and something Harry said er, uh, earlier, and it has to do with uh, you know money and budgets and stuff, but. Uh, U.S. is the fiat currency for the world, but there have been other fiat currencies. And if the dollar ever loses trust, because all currency is based on trust. There's no intrinsic value to a piece of paper with a one or a hundred on it. It's based on trust. And if trust in the American currency ever goes away, um, we will become what Germany became. They'll find another way to do it. They'll go to the uh, Chinese uh, currency, or maybe even, you know, India is set to uh, overtake China as the most populous nation in the world. Um, what if they decide to industrialize and they become the world's fiat currency? Folks are going to laugh at that. India, come on. Um, they have 120 million kid people they can't even feed now. That may be true, but uh, 
we never know what the future is going to bring. We didn't know about a pandemic, so we don't know what's going to happen to currencies. All right, Matt. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Lots to talk about. Lots to think about there. Okay, phone lines are open if you have a tax question. That's really why Walt is here. Yes. As much as we like to look at these lofty ideas. You uh, bet. It, uh, the, your, your tax forms will be arriving in the mail here pretty quick, right? Right, right. And uh, so if you... If you <laughs> If you're wondering what in the world to do once they get here, uh, this is the guy that can answer those questions. 721 is our number. We're going to come right back, hopefully with your phone calls, right after this. For over 100 years, Missoula's off. Hey, we're back on TalkBack. 721 is our number. That is Walt Kira over there here to answer your tax questions. Yes. So if you have a tax question, we would definitely love to hear from you. Wing Nut, uh, Mr. Nut, uh, good morning. You're on with Walt. Go ahead, please. Well, good morning. Morning. The preface to the program. Good morning. In the preface to the program, it, um, both NFTs and uh, gains from, I guess, uh, digital currencies were mentioned. Yeah. And, and first off, let me say that, that I have some personal NFTs that for the right price, I'd be willing to sell. Sure. <laughs> well, somehow, somewhere, there's a market for those, isn't there? I mean. Uh... Well, the and they're all of me. So anyway, the real question I had is I had this friend who decided to invest some funds in, uh, let's just say, you know, make a simple Bitcoin. Yeah. And right after he made the investment, the, the value continued to plummet substantially. Right. He made himself a vow that if it ever got back up to the what he paid for it, he would divest himself and consider the spanking in a lesson learned. Right. Uh, so that happened, and, and the friend sold the, his investment. And then right after that, the value of, of Bitcoin continued to climb to 11 times the amount that he had invested. So he realized that he definitely has the, the reverse Midas touch. But my yeah. question for you is, is what are the... Re- um, you know, there was no, let's say, digital gain or digital uh, investment gain in that, you know, because he sold it for what he purchased it for. But what are the reporting requirements? Uh, he has no paperwork to you know, illustrate this, uh, this yeah. period of financial activity. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh... Mr. Nutt, did your does your friend uh, uh, invest in that through a, a, a brokerage house, say like Robinhood? Uh, it was what, what's the big one online? I can't think of the name of it. Coin something base. Coinbase? Oh, Coinbase. Yeah. Coinbase. Well, they should yeah. be able to give him uh, the uh, a printout on his transactions. Now he buys okay. he buys Bitcoin for or some other cryptocurrency for X dollars, and he doesn't have a tax event until he sells. And then if he sells, uh, he'll sell it for Y. And if he sells it at a loss, it's a capital loss. And if he sells it at a gain, it's a capital gain. And if he's if he's owned the proper the the cryptocurrency for more than a year then it's long term and if not it's short term those are pretty much standard rules that we go by now in terms of reporting if he, if he bought if he bought cryptocurrency at 1 and it went down to 10 cents and then it came back to 1 
he should still report it on his return because all those crypto transactions are being reported to the IRS. So you do not want to not report that, even though he didn't have any gain or loss. He broke even. But the whole point is, is they want to know. They want to know. And the, the, the requirements for filing a tax return are not based upon tax or tax owed. It's based upon gross receipts. And the sale of cryptocurrency is a gross receipt. Does that help? Okay. So, yeah, I, I think it will help my friend. So oh, sure. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's a tough thing because uh, uh, it's all online. And so you've you've got to be astute with computers and online and, and, a, and a good Internet service provider and all that stuff. But at the end of the year, uh, these brokerages, they don't send out a transaction report like other financial institutions do. That's kind of a question there. Uh, uh, so I would actually need, or my friend would actually need to contact them. Yeah, I, I would. I, I have had clients that have bought and sold crypto through a, 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 a brokerage house called Robinhood Securities. And... Uh, they Robinhood does a great job of reporting the transactions. Again, if he doesn't sell anything, uh, there's no no nothing to report. So, but you have to keep track of your purchases, and some of that stuff gets wickedly okay. complex. Sounds like fun. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for bet. the call, Mister Nutt. We're going to come right back. We have uh, Kevin waiting, and next on the phone with somebody else. So, tax advice. This is the guy to give it right here. This is Walt Kiro from Kiro Byington and Associates. We'll be back right after this. We're back on Talk Back. Uh, Walt Kiro joining us here in the studio. Our resident CPA from Kiro Byington and Associates. We have three folks waiting on the line, and Kevin's up first. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's uh, New Year is going off uh, in a bang. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out by the end of the month because how the uh, stock market goes in the month of January usually is a foreteller the rest of the year. So right, anyway, right. but not yeah. always. Right, right. Well, okay. Uh, the question I have, and I'll brief everybody on this, Walt. Um, so my mother passed away two years ago in February. Yeah. And um, I, I retained your services to help uh, with the estate, uh, make sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Yeah. Uh, in that in that exemption, you said we were entitled for 1099K's exemption um, for the uh, all four beneficiaries of the estate. And I choose to use my last year when I filed for my uh, 2021 taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, the question, the question I have for you is on that: Can I only use that for one time on when I do a, a, a filing, or can I use it for this year's or for this filing for this year? Uh, uh, yeah, because your mom died in the middle of the year. I believe we used a fiscal year, and so whenever the end of that estate was. It will determine the year that you should be reporting that K one information. Does that make sense? Okay, I did, uh, right? I did last year. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, did... and it's a one time shot. You, you know. Okay. All righty. Okay, because I made I made I I made more money this year than last year, and I was just you know going like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Timing is 
unfortunately, an issue sometimes. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. That's the answer I was looking for then, Walt. Um, okay. Anyway, hey, take care, Kevin. Year. And good luck okay, on the rest too. of the year. Thanks, thanks, Kevin. All right. So this is Wayne. Wayne, good morning. You're on with Walt. Good morning. Hi, Wayne. Uh, we, re we received a letter from our CPA uh, in regards to uh, pass-through entities uh, asking if we wanted them to prepare a K-2 and a K-3 on uh, some of the LLCs that we have. Yeah. And I'd never heard of that before, and I was wondering if you could uh, expound on that. Okay, K-2 and K-3 is a relatively new form that the IRS is uh, imposing. And uh, usually where it comes into play that I'm aware of, because I haven't filled out a K-2 or a K-3 yet, but I just was in a webinar that talked about them because our tax software that we use will prepare them. But most of the time they deal with partnerships or S-corporations or corporations that have a pass-through entity coming into it. So if you have a – I'll just give you a simple example. If you have a partnership that also has investments in other partnerships, you have K-1s going into a, a K-1-type return. And so the IRS wants to keep track of all that stuff. And, you know, uh, it's just adding complexity in a lot of cases, if you're involved with small partnerships or subchapter S corporations or uh, trusts, a lot of times that won't apply. And so my what I would uh, suggest to you is to ask your tax preparer, is this going to apply to my pass-through entities that I have to file a K-2 or K-3? Uh, they can be expensive because they're time-consuming to complete. And I think they're just trying to head off a surprise bill to you. And I don't blame them for that. And you should be aware of that. So I would get as much information on what they're uh, uh, alluding to there. You'd ask two questions. One, am I is my LLC or partnership required to do K2s and K3s for all the partners? And if so, then what's it going to cost me? Because I've heard some scary numbers from big accounting firms of what they're going to charge for those. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so if they're if if they're basically a simple LLC, um, then they should not be necessary. I don't think so. Say like if if you formed an LLC for a rental, you know, you bought a rental right. and you've had it for years, and then you transferred it into an LLC, and you just own it by yourself or with your spouse, uh, and you have one or two partners uh, or one or two partners. Uh, I, I don't see where a, a K2 and K3 come into play. But if your LLC owned a couple other LLCs, I think that's when the K2s and the K3s come into play. And now, after I can't remember everything, but uh, another yeah. <laughs> issue that comes up with K2 and K3s is if you're involved with foreign investments. And you have income from other countries that is going through. Uh, they're wanting to track that as well. So okay. I doubt if you have that. Uh, the, right. Uh, we do have um, uh, three properties that are each an LLC. And then uh, there's an 
uh, an overall LLC that uh, that runs them. So, uh, or that is the actual actual axing entity that we uh, report. So, is that like the holding company LLC, and it owns the other three LLCs? Correct. Yeah, you may get caught up in these K2 and K3s in that scenario, but I can't confirm that or deny it, but I suspect you will be. Super. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for the call. Thank you. With that, we're up against another break. Betty is waiting. If you don't mind, I want to give Betty plenty of time for her question and answer, so we're going to take a quick break. We have several lines open. If you have a tax question just like the ones you've heard before, Mm. this is the guy that can answer them right here, Walt Kiro from Kiro Byington and Associates. And the lines are open at 721-1290. We'll be back. Whether you're... When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. And with that, we are back on Talk Back. That's Walt Kiro waiting to take your phone calls. We had a couple of them waiting. Betty, you've been waiting quite a while. Thank you so much for your patience, ma'am. What's on your mind? You bet. And Walt, Walt did my taxes last year. If any of you have questions, he's the only one that can answer them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, thanks for the vote of confidence, Betty. But uh, I have some good competitors out there, too. Yeah, I know. But anyway, they, most of them don't my, have as much experience as I do because they're smarter than I am and they got out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, anyway, I just love what I'm doing. Yeah, and you're very good at it, honey. And so here's my question. Okay. Now that I'm back on straight Social Security, I studied the IRS tax code that says anyone who has unearned income of 4500 or more must file and so if you're uh, if you have that and you file and your only other income is social security and your personal deduction is around twelve thousand what is the sense of filing for that oh oh okay betty here's and we kind of alluded to this earlier there are two issues you have to, uh, there's a filing requirement and you just pegged out they have rules for filing requirements. And so let's just address one of the uh, things that Dave was talking about, about rich people. Let's Mm -hmm. say you had a uh, $100 million, and you decided to invest all of that into tax-free municipal bonds. And okay. and let's just say you made 10% on that $100 million, so you would have $10 million of interest income. Mm-hmm. You would have to file a return, but you would have zero tax. And the reason I... for that is, is all of that tax, all that municipal bond interest is 
not taxable. I won't go into all alternative minimum tax, but so you would have a filing requirement on there because you'd have a $10 million income figure, even though right. you have no tax. And so there's a difference between filing requirements and whether or not you owe tax. And that happens quite often, more so well, than you would think. That. Yeah, because there's a lot of elderly that have a little bit of RMD that they had to take. And maybe it bumped them over the 4500 Yeah. But then their personal deduction is way more than what they had for unearned income. Yeah. Uh, uh, but in Montana, for a lot of those people, uh, they can get up to $1,000. And now it's going to increase property tax rebate from the state. Uh, if, if you, if your total household income is below 45,000. So it behooves you to file, especially for Montana, if you're under those circumstances, because you'll have a refund coming. Oh. Okay. 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 And then I also kind of tried to study what they considered unearned versus earned income for this purpose. Yeah. And in one place, it said any earned income from things like RMDs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Gambling winnings and things like that. But then in another place I read that un, uh, unearned income did not include like an RMD. Right. It's, it's, they, ha- they use different definitions for different code sections. And, okay. and you think... You think taxes are complicated? <laughs> they are more than complicated. If everybody knew how complex they were, they would probably just uh, throw up their hands and walk away. Just say, let's, let's, is... just, let's just have a flat tax and be done with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, this this gives me an opportunity, Betty. So thank you for bringing this up. Yeah, what, what, let, let me get your soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Walt. No, here, here it is. Uh, talking about uh, definition changes between code sections, one of, one of my favorites is the definition of related party. And depending mm-hmm. upon what code section you're working with, whether you're in partnerships or corporations or individuals, they all have uh, each code section will have a different definition of what a related party is. And the tax code is replete with special rules for defining what a related party is. So if you're Hunter Biden and you're paying uh, uh, Joe 49000 a month for rent, you kind of go, oh, that's a related party. Is that arm's length? Is that uh, uh, proper or not? And so uh, is somebody reporting the income? Is somebody taking a deduction? So every code section has a different definition on related party, and it drives me nuts. A lot of them oh. are similar, but you have to check every code section for defining what a related party is. Okay. And then does does the income like an RMD have to go on a schedule or is that can that just be used on the regular irs form the rmd will go on page one of the return under uh retirement income there's a line for pensions and then there's a line for iras and uh you know uh you it goes on one of those two lines depending upon where the money comes from okay you're very helpful thank you so much walt okay good luck betty i appreciate Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She sounds delightful. Oh, she is. <laughs> Anybody that can call you hun on the air, that's, per- <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, so the- Al is up next. Al, good morning, hun. How are you? <laughs> uh, maybe I better hang up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. 
Go ahead. I got the wrong program here. Uh, I, I had got a question for Walt. Uh, last night uh, I was watching uh, one of the nightly political talk shows, and I want your opinion on this. Uh, it was Schedule E. They said it was uh, from our president, Joe Biden's 2017 tax mm-hmm. taxes. They said it was uh, Schedule E. And they showed at the bottom uh, the, the total amount was eleven, little over eleven million dollars. Yes, and and they said that uh, there were no W twos with this. Mm-hmm. Now, is this something that uh, you think could be made up, or uh, or how does one go about getting a copy of uh, our? Joe Biden as a vice president, and when he, yeah. he got out in 2017, how does one go about getting a Schedule E from him? Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I thought, well, he hasn't disclosed his tax returns. He's disclosed his tax return information, and I think he's disclosed that information on the, you know, the uh, political campaign reports. Here's my understanding, Al, on Schedule E which is supplemental income, it's two pages. On the front page is your rentals and royalties if you've got oil or uh, patents or whatnot. So you have rentals and there's space for three different rental properties on the page one of Schedule E. And sometimes I have returns where I do 10, 15, 20 rental schedules. So you end up with multiple page ones of Schedule E. The backside of of uh, Schedule E, page two, is where you list your income from partnerships, S-corporations, trusts, uh, and, and whatnot. My understanding is that Joe's $11 million that he earned in 2017 after he left office was from speaking engagements and whatnot. That is coming through on Schedule E, page two, from an S-corporation where uh, the S-corporation gets – uh, those speaking fees and arrangements. So uh, the the only thing that's questionable about that is how do you go from, say, a few hundred thousand dollars of income to eleven million dollars in one year? That's kind of kind of a big whoa. So well, not that it's wrong, but it raises questions. Speaking engagements generally don't they uh, like max out around two or three hundred thousand dollars for people like him? Oh yeah. Yeah, but he does quite a few of them. But, but $11 million worth of them? <laughs> well, well, that would take, uh, what, about thirty-three, forty? I don't know. And maybe some of them were overseas. Uh, I think one of the interesting ones was that he went to uh, the Ukraine uh, uh, in, what was it, December or January of 2017? Anyway, uh uh, who knows? I'd, you'd have to know that you'd have to go to his pass through entity, uh, his S Corp, where that uh, income flowed through to find out the source, because that would. OK, thank Thank you very much. All right, buddy. OK, Al. Well, good luck. Thank, and- thank, thanks, hon. Have a great day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm stuck doing that now. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to come right back. Uh, we're up against a break. Julie, if you don't mind hanging on for a second, I want to give you plenty of time to get your question and answer in before we take our break, which is right now. Several lines open. If you have a question for for Wald Kirill, give us a call. Uh, this, is, this is the day. If you have a tax question, get an answer by calling 721-1290. 
authentic New York bagels and pastries. Hey, we're back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. Walt Kiro joining us in the studio. And Julie has been waiting all the way through the break. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Um, my question is, I have two questions. One is, is there any tax benefit to having a state medical account for uh, fixed income retired folks? Uh, if, 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 if you're on your fixed income and if you don't have much tax, there's not going to be a lot of benefit. Uh, the benefit comes in from having a medical savings account in Montana is as you can use that money uh, in the future. So you kind of build up a savings account for that, and then you get a current deduction. But as long as you use that money in future years to pay off a medical bill, that that's helpful. But if you you know if 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 you're Montana tax is small or non-existent. Having a medical savings account, you know, is not going to help you much. Okay. Well, if you pay a few thousand to the state, is that a little or nothing? Yeah, that's uh, well, that's a little bit different. I you would you would definitely get a benefit uh, uh, because those medical savings accounts come off the top, and so you you know it's not like a medical deduction under itemized. They they give you a break towards adjusted gross income from your total income, so that that would be helpful. And you, it's guaranteed that you're not well as guaranteed as it can be. You're not going to lose that money. Uh, no, uh, the only time you're going to have a problem with that is as if you. Take the money out later and don't spend it uh, for medical purposes. Then you have to report it as income. Okay. Um, okay. My second question is: What's the percentage now to take medical deductions on your if you're itemizing? Okay. It they, it's ten percent, and okay. in Montana, uh, it, it uh, has different rules for medical deductions because you can deduct. 100% of your medical insurance premiums and long-term care insurance premiums, whereas on the federal return, those insurance premiums are included with medical expenses for deduction. So uh, the, the medical expense deductions are much more uh, uh, de- deductible on Montana than they are the federal. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for being there. Hey, thank you for the questions. I appreciate it. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate it. Uh, we have Scott up next. Scott, good morning. You're on with Walt Kiro. Hi, Scott. Hey, Walt. Uh, yeah, you you should be on here every week until uh, tax season is over. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Other question. I'm I'm going to be turning uh, 62 here coming up, and I'm I'm thinking of taking my uh, Social Security. Yeah. And my my question is, uh, does rental income uh, is does that count against your against Social Security? Because I know you can only make so much money and and get a uh, you know a check. I guess it would be a full check at sixty two. Yeah. But uh, what about other income like like rental income and then maybe uh, some other miscellaneous income? Okay. How does uh, that work against Social Security? Okay, okay Scott. Uh, the 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 threshold for eating into your Social Security comes into mm-hmm. play when you're if you take early social security between 62 and 66 
you're right. you're only allowed to make like eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand dollars a year. And if you earn more than okay. that, then they'll they'll ding you on your next year's social security. But what counts ah. what counts on that income is just earned income. So it would be earnings from a job that you get a W two, yep. or if you're self employed and and uh you know, you have a business. Those are yep. the only things that apply to that rule. So interest, okay. dividends, okay. rents, royalties, uh, capital gains does not come in to that calculation. Okay. Okay. So I, I do, I, I am in an LLC that, you know, makes a little bit of money. So I guess they, they'd weigh that against it, wouldn't they? Well, it depends on what the LLC does. If it's a rental you don't have to worry about it. But if the LLC yeah. is an active business, say like you own a yep. convenience store, then it would work yep. into there. Uh, but it would. but if only if you were a managing partner, if you have to pay, here's the general rule, is if you have to pay mm-hmm. Social Security tax on the income, whether as an employee or as an independent contractor or a self-employed person or a partner in a partnership or a member in an LLC, if you have to pay Social Security tax on that, then it works into that calculation. I gotcha. Okay. 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 Yep. Well, that answers my question. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, no problem. Love to answer these questions. Thanks for the call, sir. Okay, we'll tell you Tell you yeah, what, thanks again. You bet. You bet. Thank we're, you. We're going to take our last break. It's a one-minute break, and I believe we have somebody else waiting on the line. That's Mark. Mark, we'll get to your phone call in one minute. We still have several lines open, 721-1290. The last 10 minutes of the show, uh, this is your opportunity to get tax advice from Walt Curo. Don't let the cold weather... Okay, we're back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. Let's get right to the phone. Say hello to Mark. Mark, you're on with Walt Kiro. Good morning. Hi, Mark. Hello, Walt. Hey. Uh, quick question. My wife and I turned 66 last year, and we started on Social Security. I believe it was in February or March. Yeah. Uh, they did not inform me then that uh if I could choose to have federal withholding or not, and we did not, obviously did not choose that. Yeah. Do we have to pay taxes on our Social Security uh, income? Uh, it depends. I hate using that word, but how much other income are you going to have on your 2022 tax return? You still uh, working? Uh, yeah, I actually have two part-time jobs. Okay. Here's the rule is is you start including Social Security into taxable income once your non-Social Security income for a married couple gets above around thirty five, thirty six thousand a year. So you could make up to okay. that and then it, your Social Security would not be taxable. But it gets okay. to be very complicated, and, you, you know, you just need to plot it out. Uh, when I have a client that asks me those questions, I just take the information they have, put it into my software, and and see what the result is because there are so many moving parts to that, to oh. that calculation and computation. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's gonna, for some people, it's a huge surprise. Yeah, it will be. Uh, does, does Social Security send you a statement at the end of the year listing, uh, what they paid out to us and also, 
the deduction for Medicare? Yes, yes. You will get uh, the form is what they call 1099-SSA. And uh, they have a little bit of pink uh, color on the form. Uh, Peter's seen them. Uh, I, ha- I get them. And, and, yeah, that comes out once a year. And uh, it'll have the gross amount they paid you, what they withheld for Medicare Part B and D is in David for for the for the pills, and uh, okay. and then the net. But they don't do state withholding, but you can contact them, and they'll they'll withhold. Uh, I've got I got twelve percent being withheld on my Social Security check. I wish they would have fifteen percent, but they uh, they jump right to twenty two percent from twelve. So, uh, but you, I would, I would uh, get get the withholding on that if if you've got to pay tax on on your Social Security. Okay, well, I normally do my own taxes. I have for years, but this year I'm going to need help. Uh, can I call your office? For, oh, sure. Uh, we'll, we'll be be glad help? to help you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. That's it for all. Yeah. Okay. Tell you what. Yeah. Listen, listen to the end of the show. We'll, we'll provide contact information for you. You betcha. Okay? All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Okay. The phone lines are free. So if yeah, we still have uh, five minutes left. Yeah, I've got some things to talk about. Go for it. Well, I I said at the beginning of the show, uh, the horse race starts on January 23rd. It gets over on April 18th this year, Ah. unless you get an extension, if you want to go for part due, part two. (laughs) And so, okay, a couple of things. Uh, Tax tips for gig workers. And... uh, like, Gotta go through that. Like first, for instance, if I if I uh, uh, you know part time got level to play drums, if I was in a band and it got some gig income, yep. that would be right. Okay, go yeah, ahead. it's yeah. taxable. You put it on a different Schedule C, okay, opposed from your current business income. But taxpayers must report all their income on that. And last two weeks ago, we had a question on that about people who have to file a return, but they got. You know, 50 bucks of income from something just obscure. And the question was, should they report it? And I said, if you have to file a return, you should report it. So the same thing with gig economy workers. So if you're doing DoorDash or whatever it happens to be, you need to report that income. But you're self-employed. So you pick up all the ordinary and necessary expenses that you incur in producing that income, whether it's auto mileage, your phone, whatever it happens to be. What, what about maintenance and things like that for your car? Well, if you're, if you're, uh, you have two options with okay. your car. You All can right. take the standard mileage rate, which is now 62 and a half cents for the last half of 2022, and it's going up in 2023. All right. So you got the standard mileage rate or... You have to keep accounting for all your auto expenses. And then in either case, you need to keep a log of how many miles that you've used for business and total. So that's 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 it. So on expenses, these are common deductions for people that are self-employed. Okay. You have advertising and promotion, insurance, loan interest that you borrow for the business, bank fees, education expenses, equipment purchases, home office, internet and cell, legal and accounting, office supplies, uh, rent, retirement plan contributions, salary and wages to employees, taxes, licenses, travel, 
business vehicle and whatnot. So if you're a gig economy person and you're self-employed because of that, those are deductions that all self-employed people, those are common ones. Okay. Good okay. to know. All right, cool. Yes, good to know. Uh, let me see. So we got that. We got two minutes. Two minutes. Oh. Go, Walt, go. Oh, okay. Watch, watch Walt dance. I, I mentioned this <laughs> earlier about there's winners and losers on migration. Okay. So Look, let's just talk about the winners and losers. Tax migration, right? Yeah. What, what people are doing is that higher income residents are moving to low-tax states. Mm-hmm. The most common one is people from New York State and New York City moving to Florida. There's also Californians that are moving to Texas, Idaho, Montana, and whatnot. So uh, the, the thing is, is the, 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 the big winners are Florida, Texas, Arizona, and even Montana. Montana, we weren't ranked two in population change on a percentage basis. Right. So we've got a lot of people coming in, and hopefully they're here for the right reason. You bet. Uh, so, but you got states like the, the the bottom of the list. The losers are <laughs> Massachusetts, Illinois, California, New York, and the numbers are just outstanding. It's like right. three hundred thousand leaving California, almost two hundred fifty thousand leaving New York. Let's let's get some contact information for Walt Kiro. So, if, uh, folks who want to call you and make an appointment in your sure. business schedule, what, what what do they do? Okay, you can reach me at. 406-549-2288 is our phone. We have a website, kbcpas.net. That's our website. You can reach us through there. And we would be love. We'd love to help you. All right. Walt, it's always a pleasure. Hey, thank thank you, you. Appreciate it. Okay, looking at tomorrow's fabulous radio program, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have open phones for the first half hour. And then from 9 to 10, I believe it's 9 to 10, right? Yes, uh, Congressman Ryan Zinke will be joining us on the phone and taking your phone calls. So uh, that's going to be fun. Again, that's tomorrow from 9 to 10. Uh, have a wonderful day. Please drive safely. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock.